1: This is Perspectives, the show where an examination of our many differences often shows us how much we have in common. I'm Condes Presley. The year was 1961, Athens, Georgia, home of the nation's first land-grant university. You know it as the University of Georgia. What you might not know is that the University of Georgia holds a most important place in the history of the Civil Rights Movement, because of the integration of UGA in 1961 by Charlene Hunter and Hamilton Holmes. The two Turner High School graduates had been chosen by the NAACP to enroll and to desegregate the University of Georgia. That move brought the bright light of the media to Athens. UGA found itself at the epicenter of the South's civil rights struggle— Now, while they were the first undergraduates to enroll and integrate the school, they were not, however, the first to graduate from the university. That honor belongs to Mary Frances Early, and you're about to learn a lot more about her because she is our guest today on Perspectives. UGA, by the way, recently announced plans to name the College of Education in her honor, But to put a pen in the Hunter and Holmes story, they did graduate from Georgia in 63. He with a Bachelor of Science degree with honors. He was also, by the way, the first African-American to attend the Emory University School of Medicine, where he studied orthopedics. He later became a professor and associate dean of the school. He was also the medical director and head orthopedic surgeon at Grady Memorial Hospital. Hamilton Holmes died in 1995. He was only 54. Now, Charlene Hunter pursued a career in journalism, working for many prestigious media organizations, including the New York Times, PBS, NPR, and CNN. I'm proud to say that she's been a guest on Perspectives not once, but twice in the past 30 years. The Academic Building on Old Campus in Athens is named for them. It is the Holmes-Hunter Academic Building. And as I said, soon the College of Education will be named for Mary Frances Early, who also has a lecture series and a number of prestigious honors. But since this has been National Teachers Week, we're spending some time today with the first African-American graduate of the University of Georgia, Mary Frances Early. I gotta tell you, I'm feeling some kind of a way about our conversation, immense. Bulldog Pride. Mary Frances Early, it is such a pleasure to sit and talk with you, one Bulldog alum to the other.
0: And it's a pleasure to talk with you, another alum. <laughs>
1: <laughs> How did you learn that the university planned to honor you this way?
0: I had a visit from the dean of the College of Education and uh, <clears> the <throat> trip, the assistant to the president. They came to my home, uh, turned on the phone, called the president and we were, he was on speakerphone, and that's how I found out. It was a real shock. Completely, I had no idea. But what an honor. Now, when most people
1: think about the integration of the University of Georgia, the first two names that come to mind are of Hamilton Holmes, Dr. Holmes, the late Dr. Holmes, and Charlene Hunter, who were the first to integrate the university in 1961 but with your degree in 1962, you're the first graduate. How did that happen?
0: Well, actually, I entered five months, five months after them. But the reason was they were, they were Turner students, Turner High students here in Atlanta, and I was in the first class of Turner High School. I wanted to assist them because they were fellow Turnerites, and I didn't think that the university was treating them properly. I thought they should have been protected at the riot. And when I saw the riot, I said, they can't do that. I'm going to transfer from the University of Michigan and go to Georgia. Now, why were you a student at the University of Michigan? Well, I wanted to in- improve my skill set, and I was working on my master's in music education there. Were you easily admitted to the University of Georgia? No. <laughs> No, it was a trial, but uh, I was ready for it because I wanted I had wanted to do something in the, the city of Atlanta in terms of, of civil rights, and i couldn 't figure out what I could do because I knew I couldn't pick it, I couldn't do sit-ins or I would have been fired. so I decided I can go to school, and that 's how I decided i'd transfer from the university. I had spent two years two two summers at the University of Michigan. And part of the admissions process
1: to the University of Georgia included an interview that it took a minute to schedule and you just decided that I'm coming in. Can you tell us about that?
0: Yes, it was a requirement, although I don't believe it. I don't believe that they interviewed all graduate students who came, but at any rate, they said that it was a requirement. So Jesse Hill, by the way, was my mentor he sort of led me through the process of what I'd have to do to get in, because he had helped Charlene and Hamilton, of course. And um, I had not heard from them. I had sent my transcripts had been sent in. I had done the application. Nothing came from them, so I decided I'm going to write and let them know I'll be down on our school system spring break. And I essentially scheduled the conference myself. Did it go well? it depends on which side you're on Um, i was asked some very insulting questions but i knew that uh, danner who was the registrar was trying to goad me into a confrontation perhaps and i refused to do it but i was seething on the inside mainly because he asked if i'd ever been in the house of prostitution And I said to him, no, I'm a professional. I have no need of a house of prostitution or interest. And then he said, well, you know, you've gone to the University of Michigan, Uh, you probably ought to stay there because we don't have to accept your credits. And I thought, University of Michigan is one of the top 10 universities in the nation, and you're not going to accept my credits? I didn't say that, I thought it. And I said to him, well, what I have learned, I will always know. I will not lose anything. Once you were admitted, did you live on campus? I did. I lived in the same room that Charlene had just vacated. She'd gone home for the, well actually she didn't go home, she went to the Louisville Times I think to uh, do an internship. And it was a room that I saw on television that had rocks thrown, the windows broken, um, right on the street, on Lumpkin Street, and I thought how could they put her in this room? It's vulnerable to everything. But they wanted to keep the, the dorm segregated because all the rest of the students lived upstairs. And it wasn't really a, a dorm room. It was a counselor's suite, I think. And, uh, but I stayed, I was a graduate student and that was a freshman dorm. That's right, you were in Myers, Myers Hall, I believe. Myers Hall, that's correct
1: what was your on-campus experience like as a
0: graduate student similar to Charlene's experience very similar Um, I thought that graduate students that I would be studying with would have been more mature that they would have been more tolerant but such was not the case they uh, sat as far away from me as they could I went to the I guess it was an ag auditorium to take the GRE exam because University of Michigan did not require it, but Georgia did. And they were so busy examining my character till they didn't really know that I, well, they didn't know that I had not taken it. So I went and sat down and everybody on that row got up and moved. And I was, that was really sort of earth shaking to me because I was about to take a very difficult exam that I'd never taken before, and these students were acting, and they were all graduate students. They had to be to take the GRE. But it was a, it was a very lonely summer because it was as though they wanted to pretend that you weren't there. That had been very hard on you emotionally. It was. I was 24 years of age when I arrived, <clears throat> but three days later, I turned 25. And I thought, but when I went, I thought, you know, I can take anything that they shell out, but I didn't realize that as a human being, one feels those slights and one feels the the isolation that they try to make you uh, feel. But I was determined that I was not going to show any of that. And the one thing that I remember the first day I was going to class, we wore dresses and, and skirts back then, no shorts or jeans like today. And uh, I was wearing a dress that had to be zipped up at the back and there was nobody, of course, to ask to zip it up for me. So I had to go across the lobby to the house mother's room and ask her to zip my dress. And I thought, you know, this is really being alone. But that was the main thing. The first summer, it was just very lonely. Tell me about May, March. May March was a graduate student, and I don't know who made the arrangements, but she met me at the local dentist's office, um, and she was to go with me to registration. I didn't know her, but she was an art student. She was getting her degree that summer, and uh, she volunteered, I guess, to go with me to registration, which was really very courageous for her because the students had done uh, uh, I guess you call it a resolution, saying that they would, not, they would not associate with any of us because we were not there to get an education. We were there to upset the campus. That was not true. But May met me at um, the, the dentist's office, and we went to registration. And as we approached the, the registration line, it was Stegman's uh, gym then, Coliseum now. All the students who were in line that snaked out the door stopped talking and started looking at us. And I think that was the scariest moment I had on campus because I didn't know what would happen. Nothing did, but uh, they stared us down and we just kept talking. But May also found out that I was having my 25th birthday two days later. And I think she was responsible for letting the campus minister, Corky King, know that I was there and I was really across the street from the Westminster house and they threw a birthday party for me a surprise birthday party I don't know I guess she must have told them but that was one of the nicest things that happened while I was on campus At, probably the one thing that made you feel very welcome it did. it did did you have any African-American
1: support outside of campus considering the experience on campus was so lonely
0: well um, the, the local dentist that I talked about, I'm trying to remember his name, he, was, he, was, he had an office in Atlanta and in Athens, and he had actually come to my home in Atlanta before I came to campus and told me a little bit about Athens and about what he was doing there. Um, and he was, he was very friendly. He invited me to go to dinner with, her, with him the night that I was, when I first got there, but I fell asleep and didn't get to go. But I could go to his uh, office, or I could go to Killian's restaurant, which was the only restaurant, I don't know if it was there when you were there, but it was on Broad Street. And uh, that was a home where Hamilton Holmes resided during his whole tenure at University of Georgia. And I could get soul food and have somebody to talk with and someone to eat with. So there was support. But, you know the the citizens of Athens were very isolated themselves that is there was a white Athens and there was a black Athens and it was almost as though never the twain shall Mm meet
1: and you went back for a second postgraduate degree after you earned your masters why
0: I went back and people have often asked me that why would you go back when you know you weren't treated all that nicely and I said well there were still too few blacks and I was really, people call me an unlikely candidate for a civil rights activist. And I was, I was very quiet, but I was a good student and I knew that that was the one thing I could do rather than picket or sit in. But uh, I, I observed that there still weren't that many white or uh, blacks on campus. And I thought, I'll go back and get my specialist degree. So I was there from 64 through 67 when I received the specialist. And was your experience any better, any different? It was a bit better in in the fact that I actually went to a dorm that was not a freshman dorm. I was at Cresswell, and I found later that Cresswell was really, the name Mary Cresswell was the first woman, though she was white, the first woman to get a degree at the University of Georgia. I don't know if you knew that. But Cresswell dorm was named after her. And uh, there, I didn't have to have the... You see, at, at the uh, first dorm, Myers, uh, Charlene and I both had this little tiny kitchen, and I said I didn't come here to cook, so I would, didn't use the kitchen. But we had a separate bathroom. We didn't have to associate with the other girls. And at Cresswell, and I didn't have a telephone in my room there at Myers, but at Cresswell, there was a bank of phones in the hallway, and there was a communal bathroom. And I noticed that uh, if I came in to take a shower, some of them would scoot out and others didn't. So it was was getting better. I'll have to say it that way. How did you not end up
1: totally embittered by your experience at UGA? I was
0: self-selected. I chose to do that. And I thought, I can't blame anyone else because this was my choice. Uh, I had had relatives who lived close to Athens in Monroe. But when I was going back and forth to home and back to Athens, I would never stop at their home because I did not want anything to happen to them because they had to live in that area. But since I was self-selected, I felt I can take whatever they give. And after I, I finished and I was forgotten for 38 years, during that time, I was... I was doing my career, I was doing my job, which I dearly loved, as I'm sure you love yours. And it, it just, after a while I really forgot about UGA because they forgot about me. But I was not bitter. How were you rediscovered? Dr. Daniels called me. Dr. Daniels was then professor in the School of Social Work. He called and asked me if I was indeed the first black to get a degree and i said yes i i I was and he told me that he had he was doing a documentary on horace ward who was actually the first black to apply to the university of georgia but they sent him to the army so he couldn't go he got his degree i think at northwestern but at any rate he said that uh, he had interviewed donald hollowell who was Charlene and hamilton's chief counsel and jesse hill who was a civil rights activist And they had both told him that I was the first to get a degree. And he had not known that, though he was teaching on campus. And uh, he did his research, found that it was true. And I was discovered. Since then, you've also been honored by the university
1: with an honorary doctorate, only the 79th that's been awarded. You've got the President's Award. We've talked about your lecture series. What words of wisdom do you have for the African-American students who are on campus today? and other kids who might be thinking about, do I go to Georgia or do I go to an
0: HBCU? I would tell them that they should follow their passion. If they think that they can or want uh, what University of Georgia has to offer, then they should go there because they have the freedom to go and that's what we were fighting for. If they want to go to an HBCU and they think that they can get their preparation there, then that's what they should do. I was a product of in HBCU. And I had an excellent education. But Georgia is a wonderful school. It has many, many resources. And you can can pursue almost any degree that you want there. And I would recommend it highly. But they have to realize that if there are slights now, they are nothing like they were 57 years ago. And that they would find the same thing no matter where they went. Tell me about your passion for teaching and for music education. You've done, you did that for until you just couldn't do it anymore. I did. Uh, my dad was an amateur singer. Although he was a businessman, he loved to sing. And he would sit us, my brother and I had a brother 18 months older, he would sit us down on Sunday evenings to listen to the Bell Telephone Hour. And it was classical music like classical Broadway, opera. And I learned to love it too. And he also allowed me to take piano lessons or encouraged me to take piano lessons because he wanted me to actually uh, accompany him when he sang. That didn't happen because he died when when I was 12 and John was 13. But I started taking piano lessons and uh, I stopped after one year because the piano teacher was very good, but he would rap me on the knuckles when I made a mistake. And I told my parents, I can't take that any longer. And I didn't resume taking piano until I, had, I went to high school. But I got into the band and I saw this wonderful band director who was so charismatic and all the students flocked to him and I said, that's what I want to do. And from then, then on, that was my passion and I never strayed from it. What do
1: you want others to learn and glean from your experience, your entire life experience from? your passion for music education, your passion for teaching, you're being this quiet trailblazer who is the first African-American graduate of the University of Georgia.
0: I want them to know that whatever it is that they want to do in life, they can do it. If they apply themselves, if they prepare themselves, if they have the skill set to do it. But the one thing that they must never do, and that is to give up, because it's so easy to give up when things get tough. But that's life, and that's one of the lessons that we all learn as we get older. But young people need to learn it too because that's what really makes character. Is that how you want to be remembered as someone who
1: didn't give up and as a woman of character? Yes. Mary Frances Early. it
0: has been an honor and a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you so much.
1: perspectives is a half hour we produce with you in mind if there's something you think we ought to be talking about let me hear from you tweet me my 29 on twitter or leave a message on our facebook page we do appreciate your listening and hope you'll be back next week at this same time as we examine another perspective
0: tax day is coming oh no